Are you being a naughty girl? I'm never. We've been over this. Good virgin Christian girl. You're. Okay. I was reading. Is that because like anal doesn't count? No, we're not. We're not. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> I am a virgin because I was reborn in the, the, the blood of Christ or something. Oh my god, hi Aria. Hello, how are you doing today? Oh my god, I'm so good, how are you? I'm doing great. And I'm going to become reality, it's me, Lucy, what to do? Hi, welcome to the show today, so glad to have you both here. It is wonderful to see you both. went up to um, a group of old women and they were so happy that I brought their Myers order to them. And then as I was walking away after they tipped me very well, they said, oh, hey, happy 4th of July. And I just turned around and I was like, happy 4th. And then I just, I just scurried off. And then I turned on our podcast and then I was like, what the hell? I was like, are they oblivious? And then I was like, well, they just must be old. And then I was like, but then that's no excuse. And then I thought, how are we going to have these conversations with people that, that are being patriotic while 167 million people's rights have just been taken? Yeah, it's, it's something that's so deeply ingrained in our culture that it, you, you kind of say those things and commemorate things kind of by reflex, I feel like. Yeah, empty mm -hmm. platitudes. Fourth of July is deeply embedded in, in our culture. Christmas is deeply embedded in our culture. I know I, I I tell people Merry Christmas because I'm I'm of two minds about most holidays. I am generally apathetic about holidays, but also I didn't get to celebrate holidays growing up as a Jehovah's Witness. So there's a part of me that's like, oh yeah, I want to participate now that I can. But at the same time, it, it, most holidays for me are just an excuse to eat and drink. And do those other things separated from any of the like cultural aspects of it and and the way i see it is like it's just the american culture for fluff and patriotism like when you go to other countries patriotism is seen as helping the people next to you and participating in the society i.e japan germany they you don't really see them care about their national anthems or putting their flag on everything so to them, that's more patriotic than caring about magic uh, sky daddy and, and like magic cloth. Um, yeah, I think American patriotism in particular um, has a very, very nationalistic overtone mm -hmm. to it that not every country has. Yeah, like um, it's, oh, we care about the vets so much. The vets are amazing. I thank you for your service. But like, if you really cared about a vet, you wouldn't want your politicians to be hopping into war after war after war it just shows you that they really just like the platitude of like i told you thank you for your service that means so much to you right and to most vets it's just like not really like i honestly don't want you to thank me i think my time was wasted and i don't think i did good things while i was in and what's the best way to take care of our vets is it to get them proper medical care and not send them to unnecessary wars no it's to give them free pancakes on it one day out of the year <laughs> yeah and, and to be randomly approached by strangers to be like thank you for your service like i don't honestly care please don't thank me like at all so i, I want to do a little I wanted to do a little background here on the uh, Declaration of Independence, which is why we're celebrating or 
not celebrating the 4th of July um, uh, from the Wikipedia page. I don't care what anybody says about that. <laughs> During the American Revolution, the legal separation of the 13 colonies from Great Britain in 1776 actually occurred on July 2nd. That's today of the recording of our show. When the Second Continental Congress voted to approve a resolution of independence that had been proposed in June by Richard Henry Lee of Virginia declaring the United States independent from Great Britain's rules. After voting for independence, Congress turned its attention to the Declaration of Independence, a statement explaining its decision, which had been prepared by a committee of five, with Thomas Jefferson as its principal author. Congress debated and revised the wording of the Declaration to remove its vigorous denunciation of the slave trade, finally approving it two days later, on July 4th. A day earlier, John Adams had written to his wife Abigail, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the, in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. Yep, that's the thing. This sounds like more American than Canada. That was um, very disturbing to read. That was like reading out of... Um, a book of of a of a country that is super crazy about the Fourth of July, and it's like you're reading the history of of why your country, like why that kind. It's like I'm reading a book and the country's falling apart, and I'm like, well, let's go back to the beginning and read the roots of it. I'm like, oh my god, this country is really fucked up. No wonder it's falling apart. And then it's like, well, wait, that's reality, and this is happening. Yeah, so many things. So many things can be said about the founding of the country. Um, one thing is that the the founding fathers were not just these um, heroic figures, or were not these heroic figures that stood for freedom and liberty for all. M more than anything, they were aristocrats that wanted to maintain their positions of power while also not being subjected to the the laws of Great Britain. Another thing is is that many of the founding fathers um, felt that the Constitution would need to be updated to go along with the times like i think if you brought um someone like thomas jefferson or benjamin franklin to today they would be absolutely shocked that a document that was dictating the lives of people who were living with horse-drawn carriages and muskets was still dictating the laws of modern days would be completely dumbfounded oh they, they'd definitely be like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you have a catholic on the supreme court mm -hmm. what what Black people, you, think, you freed yeah. the slaves? There's a lot of misconceptions about why shit was founded. They like to say things like, oh, it was about no taxation without representation. But like, let's be honest. None of the taxes were enforced outside of the, the tea fucking tax. That was like it. None of the other shit was really being enforced. And the place that founded those colonies were like, hey, we got to recoup our money on these these people. Like, we haven't really done shit with them. So let's do something finally to get something out of it. And that's what led to a lot of silly stuff. Because for all the all fucking England knew, the, the people in the colonies were happy as a pig and shit. Like, we literally sent representatives over to say all things were great, fine. We love it here. Let us be. 
we'll do our thing, you'll make lots of money. And then out of the blue, they're like, we're going to war. And the real reason for that was because the founding fathers wanted to make a buck. They just were greedy assholes. Yeah, the Constitution um, well, had deliberately had elements to it to maintain the status quo power structures that were already being set up in place. Like the founding fathers wanted to make sure they maintain their positions of prominence. And so they intentionally kept out certain democratic elements from the system and made sure that there were um, there, there were things in, in the system to keep certain people in power. Yep, because some of them were destitute after the war and were still in power, even though by their own legal standards, they should not be in the positions that they were afterwards. Yeah, the um, back during the founding of the country, less than 10% of the population of the 13 colonies could even vote. It was only white landowning men. Wow. At least 90% of the country was excluded from the, the democratic process because the founding fathers deliberately wanted to keep the democratic elements as, as mitigated as possible. There were several of the founding fathers who um, even said as much, like they wanted to avoid, quote unquote, the tyranny of the majority. They did not trust the people of the country to actually make decisions for the country. My name is Alexa Ann Watson, and I am the great, great, great granddaughter of Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass Douglas is my great, 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 the great, great, great granddaughter of Frederick Douglass. I am the great, 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 great grandchild. I've been counting on my fingers since I was like five. This is the 4th of July. It is the birthday of your national independence and of your political freedom. Fellow citizens, I shall not presume to dwell at length on the associations that cluster about this day. The simple story of it is that 76 years ago, the people of this country were British subjects. Oppression makes a wise man mad. Your fathers were wise men, and if they did not go mad, they became restive under this treatment. With brave men, there's always a remedy for oppression. They succeeded, and today you reap the fruits of their success. The freedom gained is yours, and you, therefore, may properly celebrate this anniversary. Fellow citizens, pardon me. Allow me to ask why am I called upon to speak here today? What have I, or those I represent to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that Declaration of Independence extended to us? I am not included within the pale of this glorious anniversary. Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. I think when we talked about that privilege episode, that was really good. We just got to really dive into our own experiences. So I think that, um, you know, just like reckoning with, uh, the aftermath of Roe v. Wade, and we're just continuing to see the effects of that, and and now we're beginning to see uh, the op opposition and and how the oppressor is taking control of of the mindsets of so many millions of Americans out there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the biggest problems, um, certain groups of people, I don't want to call out any certain groups of people, but it's not trans women who have never had the trans experience have is that they lack perspective. Because I know that, you know, prior to transition, I, I already had a lot of those like progressive values to me um, from a long time ago, but I didn't really have any kind of experience with not really having a lot of privilege. So, you know, I had I had the the knowledge, I had the arguments, but until you experience it, it's a completely different ballgame. So, and you know, you'll you'll get that lack of perspective from certain people talking about things like, you know, walking alone by yourself or going places at night or how men treat women. And you can tell that they just don't know any better because they haven't experienced it. Um, I think that a lot of things are apparent once you start to experience it. For instance, at my work, before coming out and transitioning, I remember a friend of mine, a very good friend who is in a part of the community their own way, so I won't be using their real name. We'll use the, the letter E. It's that's somewhere in their name, so they're not identifiable. Um, mm -hmm. We'll say E was talking to me about certain issues because they knew what I was planning to do. I just hadn't come out yet. And they were talking about how walking to their car alone is terrifying and scary. And a cis male came up. I will not say their name because I know they don't listen to shows like this, but they're a coworker who likes to debate. They are of the libertarian mindset. We'll call them C. C came up and was like, oh, well, I think that you're overreacting because X, Y, Z reason and men aren't inherently scary. And then I had to clarify, cis men is who he's referring to. Cis men aren't inherently scary. And E was like, really? Because my 110 pound self could definitely take on a 200 pound person because I put keys in my hands or something? That makes no sense. And they mm -hmm. literally got into an argument and a debate and he looks towards me to try to back him up on this, but it's like, no that person was right like e is a hundred percent in the right on this it mm -hmm. is a terrifying thing and i understand that c feels that not all men are bad but it's like the it's it's essentially every experience that e has had is at a disadvantage and somebody trying to be predatory and exploitative so I understand E's reasoning, uh, E's reasoning. E is essentially saying like, I get that not all cis men are terrible and scary. However, I'm not gonna take the chance and risk that. And C is upset because E is describing their reality because C is coming from a position of privilege and never had to worry about that. Well, I've had, a, I've, I've experienced that recently this week where, I've come again off the cusp of privilege where I've realized that like everything that I ever have been told in my life has been basically horseshit and that nobody knows anything and golly, uh, I wish that I, I, I regret and, and, and I don't regret like I, I'm mad. It's just like I had this conversation with somebody, uh, how they told me not to regret anything. And it was like, no, regret is, is a good way to like reflect and, and, and to say you don't have any regret is to like live without that and, and to think that you, you didn't make a mistake and that you can't learn and, and things like that. So it's really taken from Brene Brown, but um, I, 
so many people like they i don't i can't get advice from people now because like it's it's just it's worthless to me because it is so rooted in in privilege it's like i've never seen so much privilege in my life now that i'm i'm coming off of it like everything is it's like even going to the grocery store <laughs> like it's everywhere it's everywhere i can see it everywhere it essentially falls from the sky like rain and you have people who are like I've got this pretty umbrella and I'm shielded from any repercussions from my privilege, whereas everyone else is just getting pissed on. Mm -hmm. They'll literally I, piss in your face and tell you it's rain. You know, I think that we're going to begin to see a lot more riots and protests and demonstrations, not here in the United States only, but around the country, around the planet, because we're experiencing uh, global food shortages, as I guess we're being told. And that, you know, at that hat, you know, when people get hungry, you know what they do. So there is a lot of chaos going on. What do you think we should do? Like, you know, us just trying to get by day by day just to well, we'll find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're waiting. Just wait for the politicians to say, let them eat cake. That, that's what we're waiting for. Mm. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You can only you can only go so far. You can prepare all you want, but let them eat cake. So when you see somebody get stabbed in a bathtub, you know what's going on. You know, the, the rich people's solution. It's like, oh, people can't afford gas. Let, let them buy electric vehicles. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what I've been hearing for some of these uh, more well-off people. Oh, gas is expensive. Why don't you just buy an electric car? Is I guess they, the fuck me? Thank you, Pete Buttigieg. Very helpful. Right. That's insincere. I, uh, and, and I even, you know, thought back to the spirituality aspect of things that we've talked about, how um, I see, I see friends now on Facebook and, and I speak about my experiences and then they come at me with this fucking generalized quote that fucking is permeated the culture. It's like, oh, well, if you just, you know, um, realize your potential, you can do anything. And it's like, okay, thank you. Because that's getting me a job because I'm being discriminated against. Thank you. Like that's, uh, they're like, please meditate on it. You're like, please get off my Facebook. It's basically a different iteration of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, that, because... and that started off as like a, a thing that makes fun of people who believe you can literally pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Like, but, try it. You know, Lift the, yourself. The problem is if you're if you're born into positions without privilege, if you're born into poverty, if you're born into a discriminated group of people based on race or gender or sexuality or any of that, it's really hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you were never given boots in the first place. Yeah. Fellow citizens, above your national tumultuous joy, I hear the mournful wail of millions at a time like this, scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Oh, had I the ability and could reach the nation's ear, I would today pour out a fiery stream of biting ridicule, blasting reproach, withering sarcasm, and stern rebuke. For it is not light that is needed, but fire. It is not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. The feeling of the nation must be quickened. The conscience of the nation must be roused. The propriety of the nation must be startled. The hypocrisy of the nation must be exposed. And its crimes against God and man must be proclaimed and denounced. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year 
the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty and unholy license. Your national greatness, swelling vanity. Your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciations of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence. Your shouts of liberty and equality. Hollow mockery. Your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings. With all your religious parade and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy. There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of these United States at this very hour. My issue with the Democrats is even when they have the House and when they have everything, they don't do shit. Yeah. Like, I would just really like them to, it's, it's not even about their campaign promises to me. It's like, we're voting for you instead of these shitty Republicans because we want our rights. And essentially voting is basically a band-aid on not just a flesh wound, but maybe a flesh wound in the sense of the Black Knight from fucking Monty Pythons. Like, my arm has been cut off. It's but a flesh wound. And voting Democrat is basically putting a Band-Aid on that to stop it because it just really stops the bleeding. It doesn't really do shit outside of that because they don't really do shit. They just sit back and they're like, okay, the Republicans have done this. Please vote for me so I can get some, or not just, just vote for me, but please donate. Now's the time to donate. Bitch, I don't care about donating to you. I care about you doing something to stop this shit. Yeah. Like, I need you to codify certain things, make it not just law, but make, like, amendments and pass shit to make stuff to where it's shit like this can't go backwards like we're seeing now. Yeah, the, the Democrats right now, the Democratic leadership, they're making the point that they don't have the power to do certain things, but at the same time, like, at the very least, they could be, they could be spokesmen. They're not even going to the point of you know, saying what needs to be said, like they, they could, they could be thought leaders, they could be like formulating plans to uh, formally codify things like Roe versus Wade, but they're not, they're not doing any of that. They're saying, oh, just, just wait and just, you know, give us more votes so that we can, we can do things in the next, after the next election cycle. But what, what motivation do people have to vote for you if you're not doing anything right now? Uh, the, the only Democrat that I really like is Probably AOC. Yeah, a AOC is is taking up the mantle, and yeah. I, really, I really appreciate her going out there and making her voice heard. I wish I wish she would run for president. I recognize she won't, but it would be great because I would vote for her like in a heartbeat. I I, vote, I wanted I wanted Bernie. Um, I don't see Bernie making it because there's too much like silly thought on on Bernie, even though all of his stuff makes sense. Like, let's just be honest, I don't ever see him getting office just because his shit, um, it makes sense, but there's too much propaganda against these simple things that Americans are just too against their own interests to actually vote for. So I think a better representative would probably be AOC. Um, that's probably it. Like. I just wish they would do something. Yeah, it's an it's an absolute shame how far the Overton window is shifted to the right, where um, a, a someone who's effectively a social democrat in policy, like Bernie or like AOC, are smeared as being some kind of radical communists, which they are absolutely are not. 
-hmm. as much as some of us might want them to be yes i would Mm -hmm. love them to be so i was i was i was thinking here you know in these last few minutes about you know we're speaking of riots and demonstrating and protesting and then i thought about the capital riots and how we're so focused on how the right has rioted that it almost made me think about you know if 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 the other side were to demonstrate you know uh uh protest in that manner they would lose their credibility in a way almost because they would they would counter that with the riots of the trump uh you know supporters and so what do you think about what do you think about that yeah i think part of the problem is is just liberal ideology they are playing by a completely different set of rules than the far right are the far right are very much willing to go scorched earth and do whatever it takes to get their positions of power. Liberals play by, you know, soft, the soft-handed rule book of, oh, we we all need to come together. We all need to get along. We need to do compromises. We need to, you know, play by the rules. The Republicans aren't playing by the rules. They they are gerrymandering every district they can get their hands on. They are utilizing the fact that they can win the presidency without winning the popular vote because of how the electoral college is set up the so if you have one side not playing by the rules and one side that adamantly thinks they need to play by the rules it's obvious who's going to win every single time because there's there's no referee for this stuff that is in like a a political favor the referee right now is essentially republicans who want a theocracy so you if you know that you're referee has also been bribed to do things in this sense the bribe is they want a theocracy and that's their bribe and that's how they'll get it why would you play by the rules yeah there mm-hmm. there's no compromise to be had with people who want a theocratic fascist dictatorship yeah they're essentially mm-hmm. terrorists and we're trying to to essentially negotiate with them they're like we would like to do this and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do to stop us oh well, we could do something, maybe, hopefully, at this point, no. I think the, the framing of it is the problem. The United States, as it stands, doesn't really have much democracy to go around. Because, you know, like I was saying before, gerrymandered districts, the Electoral College, all of these things serve to blunt the power of democracy. If we mm-hmm. wanted a, a more a more functioning democracy, we would implement things like um, nationwide voter registration. You turn 18, you're a citizen of the United States, you get registered to vote. We don't have that because conservatives don't want Black people voting. Yep, that's <laughs> you, literally it. You would have um, independent committees deciding district lines so that the winners don't get to gerrymander the districts. Mm-hmm. You would either make it so that the electoral college is, um, it, it fits in with the percentages of people that vote for certain people within those states or you just get rid of the electoral college altogether. We don't do any of those things. Those would be actual major reforms that we could do to make the system more democratic, but the forces that be in this country don't want the system to be more democratic because it would be a detriment to their own power. Allow me to say in conclusion, notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. Um, This speech was written almost 170 years ago, but 
there, I mean, this part of it is still extremely relevant, especially with today's protests. I think that when people are oppressed, they feel silenced. And if someone feels silenced, they get angry. There are certain tactics that you need to use to get people to really hear your voice. And it's not always going to be just like a very calm discussion. I think he's mostly talking to the people who are already on his side, but believe that um, they can still try to talk this out or that things are still justifiable. I know a lot of people at the time were saying, and people now are still saying that it's not as bad as it could be. While the 4th of July probably does not feel the same to me as it does to others, I wouldn't say that it has no meaning because it is the time when America as a country became free from another country. Um, but I would say that it's not the time in which I gained my freedom. He had a lot of hope, especially for his age. And like, I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm only 20 years old, but I'm, I'm exhausted. Like I'm, I have these thoughts like, will we ever really get to this point? Or is this really something that we should actually spend our time fighting for? Somebody once said that pessimism is a tool of white oppression, and I think that's true. I think in many ways we are still um, slaves to the notion that it will never get better. But I think that there is hope, um, and I think it's important that we celebrate black joy and black life, and we remember that change is possible, change is probable, um, and that there's hope. My, my mentality on it is don't allow yourself to become jaded or disillusioned because I know there are plenty of us out there that have the, the attitude, well, I'm just one person with no money and no resources. I can't make a difference, but a million people sure can make a difference. And to have a million people, you need to start with one. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. And it's like, I, I guess the mentality for a lot of people is like they, they wait for somebody else. They wait to see somebody else do it. And then it's like, oh, okay, then now I can do it. It's like, it's standing out there and, and taking the courageous step of being seen and, and standing up is, is hard for a lot of people. And it can be scary. In, in that respect, the internet can be a fantastic thing because you don't need to have a shit ton of money to make your voice heard. Well, you know, you can just download Anchor. It's totally free. Yeah, you can download Anchor. It's free. You're a content creator. Get Anchor. Uh -huh. You make money. You make money. You can upload your podcast to Spotify, Facebook, Apple, and so much more. Hello, goodbye, and everything in between. Yes, have fun. You know, it's always a pleasure. I allow you yes. all to bask in my ambience. Yes. Go. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I can't wait. Okay, well, it's been so much fun. I can't wait to see you on next Saturday. Always a pleasure. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Blame Jordan Peterson. I blame Jordan Peterson for everything. And I blame the Republicans. I blame Republicans on the Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Free high-speed internet. Oh.